0: one
1: it's the show the establishment warned you about and thank you for joining us today it's dr thomas show live from wesley chapel florida i am your host dr tommy McElroy, america's free market doctor and this is tracy good morning and uh, we're plod, proud to use Atlas MD as our EMR and host or sponsor of the Dr. Tommy Show. If you want to learn more about Atlas MD and how it can help you have a more fluid membership medicine practice, go to AskDrTommy.com, click on special offer for Atlas MD. And if you're a membership medicine doctor that includes direct primary care or concierge medicine, you can have Atlas MD for the low, low cost of $0 for 60 days for free. Um, that's a pretty cool pretty good offer I think you up and running in five minutes no consultants nobody to call you back and try to rope you into some type of long contract or give you some long sales pitch and blah 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 and no uh, macro no check boxes just good old-fashioned concierge medicine or direct primary care so ask dr. Tommy.com, click on special offer for atlas indeed And today we got a busy show. We're gonna try to hit all of it. So go start right off. If you're just joining us and you never heard us before, we appreciate you listening. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on whatever podcast service you use. You can also subscribe on YouTube, which is the video portion of the show. And the video portion includes the song of the week, which the audio portion won't allow us to do because of uh, laws having to do with copyrights and so forth. So today we have a new blood pressure guidelines. This. Uh, From acc.org, which is American College of Cardiology, new ACC slash AHA, high blood pressure guidelines, lower definition of hypertension. High blood pressure should be treated earlier than with lifestyle changes and in some patients with medication at 130 over 80 uh, rather than 140 over 90 based on new ACC and American Heart Association guidelines for the detection, prevention, and management and treatment of blood pressure. What do you think about that?
0: I think that's ridiculous well I you know I um I run around with 130 over 80 all the time I think that's normal and if I am I do get I exercise and mm-hmm. I eat pretty healthy well I sleep well according if to I, this
1: you're not normal you're then
0: if, if you if a physician were to put me on medication um, with me you know running 130 over 80 I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'd be falling asleep mm-hmm. or feel lethargic My blood pressure would be too low.
1: Well, actually, if you read here, it says that they do not recommend blood pressure medication for stage 1 hypertension. So stage 1
0: hypertension is 130 over 80? 130
1: to 139 or diastolic between 80 and 89 is considered stage 1 hypertension. That used to be called prehypertension. Yes. So there's really no change in the uh, recommendation. There's a change in the uh, disease... I guess you call it disease classification. Okay. So the upshot of it is is between 120, 180, 120 over eighty is considered normal. Okay. Elevated is one twenty 120 to one twenty nine over eighty. Stage one, systolic between one thirty 130 and one thirty nine or diastolic between eighty and 89. Stage two, systolic or systolic at least one forty or diastolic at least one ninety at least ninety. Okay. And so, actually, they did lower the diagnosis, but they say that there's... uh, So, they lowered the threshold for diagnosis, but they said there's no treatment. So, normal blood pressure, less than 120 over 80. Elevated blood pressure, 120 to 129 over 80. Stage 1, 130 to 139 over 80 to 89. Stage 2, now stage 1 and stage are hypertension at least 140 or diastolic at least 90 so 140 over 90 so what used to be called hypertension was mm-hmm. 140 over 90 right. now that's called stage 2 hypertension what used to be called prehypertension is now called stage 1 hypertension and if you're walking around with 129 over 80 uh, you are quote-unquote elevated according to these new guidelines
0: well what do you think about that so that's pretty much what my blood pressure runs sometimes I even run about 85 86, 87 on the bottom. Now, would you treat someone, and I exercise, I eat healthy, would you treat someone uh, similar to me?
1: Well, no, it says not to treat them. It says to treat them with uh, dietary lifestyle intervention at stage one.
0: Okay, well, I, already, I exercise and I uh-huh. eat healthy. What else could I possibly do?
1: Um, eat healthier, exercise more, I guess. Um, doesn't say. It says here, uh, new guidelines. The first comprehensive set since 2003 lowered the definition of high blood pressure to account for complications that occur at lower numbers and to allow for earlier intervention. The new definition will result in nearly half of the U.S. adult population having high blood pressure, with the greatest impact expected among younger people. Additionally, the prevalence of high blood pressure is expected to triple among men age 45 and double among women under 45, the the guideline authors note. However, only a small increase in is expected in the adults requiring anti medication. It says the new ACAAH guidelines were developed with nine other professional organizations and were written by a panel of 21 scientists and health experts who reviewed more than 900 published studies. I don't know it's interesting. Uh, you, you always wonder what political motivations there are behind changes like this, and and for those of you who believe that all uh, health guidelines are related just to health i would uh encourage you to uh probably read about some of the discussions about it because if if you listen to dr wax and i did a podcast recently and if you go to uh if you go to uh, ask dr tommy on uh, itunes you can actually no if you go to ask dr tommy on soundcloud you can find it but anyway we did a podcast about essential health benefits and Mm -hmm. how experts there we're prescribing essential health benefits for insurance. And sometimes you find that it's not necessarily motivated only by health issues, but also sociologic issues. So, my thinking is maybe they're just trying to say, look, we need to raise awareness, you know how that is, mm-hmm. of hypertension. And by doing so, instead of calling it prehypertension, we're going to say it's hypertension. Now, what does that also happen? Well, that has ramifications for your health insurance. Potentially Mm -hmm. well now we don't have health insurance ramifications because we did away with underwriting so essentially have prepaid health plans Mm -hmm. uh, No matter what your risk is, but for life insurance for instance, let's say someone comes in and they say "Um, Okay uh, Tracy you need life insurance looks here that you have hypertension Mm -hmm. there you go so that's a different that's something different
0: well remember i had hypertension is
1: like a death sentence for a young person with with life insurance
0: well it really is so i um i think maybe i had told you so i had hypertension and gestational diabetes during my first pregnancy 17 years ago and i would say approximately Ten, no, maybe seven years ago, eight, eight years ago, I tried to get um, an insurance policy, mm-hmm. and they want to know everything about you since the time you were born, practically. Right. And the fact that I had hypertension and gestational diabetes during my pregnancy, and I was on a uh, I was on a, a water pill a diuretic for about a year after having my daughter, mm-hmm. and I was denied. Um, insurance life insurance because of that fact
1: sure so that's that's something to consider mm-hmm. is like you said that is a real-life example of how this may in impact somebody right so now interested- and also with the, the
0: organizations that nine it says nine organizations participated in um, in this right
1: well no it says the guidelines were developed with, yes nine other or health organizations well, were one of
0: those organizations by um, a panel of 21- a pharmaceutical company
1: well that's a good question mm-hmm. That's a very good question if mm-hmm. you want to find out you can go uh, to the Journal of American College of Cardiology and Hypertension, um, and then you can search for this article, and it's called the, uh, uh, well, I would just search New Blood Pressure Guidelines. It doesn't say what the name of it is. It's published. So these are new guidelines. But yeah, that's always something interesting to do is you go into the About the Authors. Mm-hmm. And right. then they say first. They say, "Is there anything to disclose? Any contra you know, any conflict of interest?" But even if there's nothing to disclose, you can just see who they are. Right. So if you look mm-hmm. on the, uh, for instance, the uh, essential health benefits that was written by, this was a panel that was impanelled by CMS, Center for Medicaid, or maybe it's HHS. I don't know. It's hard to keep them straight. Some government body asked the uh, Institute of Medicine, which is a so-called so so, so, so called nonpartisan body that's just you know, we only care about Institute of Medicine, you know, we only want to be there for medical things. So if you, but you look at the author's Institute of Medicine, everyone has self-interest. Now, whether or not, mm-hmm. you know, we want to believe that uh, there is self-interest. So the Institute of Medicine has some self-interest. Now, you, it may be good or bad, depending on your opinion, but some of these people that wrote this apparently have self-interest and maybe their interest is completely altruistic and they just want everyone to be um, treated earlier so they don't have disease which is the purported reason Mm -hmm. but there's other reasons too it's always good to be curious Mm -hmm. Uh, especially you know when you're dealing with the government as we are going to cover later with our making of a murderer season two coming up did you see that
0: I did I didn't read that entire article um, that you printed but I was excited to see there's gonna be a season two
1: yeah uh, speaking of government, the uh, individual mandate uh, apparently is being uh, sought to repeal by the Senate's GOP tax reform bill. This is from CNBC. Uh, Dan Mangan uh, says, Senate GOP tax bill reform bill seeks repeal of Obamacare individual mandate. The proposed Republican tax bill, which will include repeal of Obamacare's individual mandate requiring most Americans to have some form of health insurance or pay a tax penalty, GOP leader said Tuesday. Uh, this is uh, Tom Cotton who is the senator from Arkansas He says repealing the mandate pays for more tax cuts for working families and protects them from being fined by the IRS for not being able to afford insurance that Obamacare made unaffordable in the first place that's an extremely well-formed sentence in my opinion and it, it puts so many different things into context so repealing the mandate pays for more tax cuts for working families okay so Tax cuts, if you think about it, uh, are basically allowing people to c- keep their money. So when you hear about government and politicians talk, they always talk about how much do tax cuts cost? Mm-hmm. Cost. So they're thinking of it is that's their money, and they get the revenue. Let's say I'm a Echelon Health, and I am a have my own country. I'm going to tax the citizens to the tune of a million dollars. The citizens of Echelon Health. Well i consider that my revenue and then if they say the citizens of echelon hell say well, we want a tax cut then i would say well that's going to cost me
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh you know if they say i want a tax cut of a hundred thousand dollars so well that's going to cost me a hundred thousand dollars so that's what the government thinks of tax cuts is what's going to cost them so this is tax cuts for working families so this is allowing fa- working families to keep more of their money uh it protects them from being fined by the irs so here we go we're kind of conflating the fine and the tax so under the Obamacare mandate, I'm sorry, under the Affordable Care Act, this mandate was called a, a fine.
0: Well, we refer to it as a fine, but it I'm is, not it sure. It was called
1: a fine in the in the Affordable Care Act. Okay. However, when it went to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. in order for the Supreme Court to allow this to pass under the guidance of Judge John Roberts, they renamed it. It's not a fine anymore. It's mm-hmm. now a tax because that Mm -hmm. makes it legal, because it cannot, it's unconstitutional to fine someone for failing to buy a product, which is what the Affordable Care Act is. So instead, they called it a tax. So John Roberts and the other justices who voted for this uh, Affordable Care Act back in 2010 said, look, this is a tax, so here we go. So from being fined, so he's using the word fined, which I say it's a fine too. Uh, by the IRS for not being able to afford insurance that Obamacare made unaffordable in the first place.
0: Yes, it is unaffordable. Um, well, you know, and I, I was just speaking to someone you know uh, close to me, and we were t- discussing insurance, and you know, we're going to be we're signing up now for insurance, mm-hmm. and um, and a, f- a friend of mine is just signed up for it, and you know, her, her tax, her and her husband's tax credit is nine hundred and thirty-five dollars pretty good that's pretty darn awesome isn't it
1: yes and you know that tax credit is to pay for insurance that is unaffordable for them okay now Mm -hmm. not everyone will get that tax credit
0: not everyone will get that tax credit
1: so are we to blame those people for getting a tax credit
0: no 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 because i say not i
1: say well what is the reason for this so here we have the government has made a product unaffordable Mm -hmm. okay and then the government comes back later and says okay look we agree this products unaffordable. Mm -hmm. you don't make enough money to pay for this Mm -hmm. what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you a tax credit to help you pay for this unaffordable product and then the rest of the people are gonna have to pay for it right potentially or be fined right so imagine that you have Congress pass a law uh, making macaroni and cheese cost $25 a box Mm -hmm. and then all the people out there who are wanting to have macaroni and cheese they said well we can't afford macaroni and cheese $25 a box And the government comes along and says, "Well, look, never mind. You're not going to have to pay twenty-five dollars a a box. How much do you make? I make forty thousand dollars a year. Okay, so you're within four times the federal poverty rate. What we'll do is we'll cut you a deal. That we're going to charge you five dollars a box for the macaroni and cheese. Okay, used to cost two dollars a box. We're going to charge you five, and we're going to get the other twenty from somebody else, Mm -hmm. and we're going to call it a tax credit." Well, what is the problem in the first place? The problem in the first place is that made macaroni and cheese cost twenty five dollars.
0: Right, exactly. Now
1: imagine that it's not macaroni and cheese. Instead, imagine it is a uh, a system that has been made uh, intrinsic to the practice of medicine. Imagine that medicine is not is not doctors and nurses and patients uh, interacting together and in a mutually. Ex- uh, Mutually agreed upon prices. But imagine instead there's a system which says in order to see a doctor or a nurse, in most cases, you're going to have to have an insurance card. An insurance card to pay for anything. I got a little hangnail here. I was going to post this on Internet. I was going to say, well, you know, good thing I'm covered because I have a hangnail. Imagine you have insurance. Insurance is required in most times for people just to go to a doctor to get a hangnail taken care of. So imagine that there's a system, which there is, called healthcare system. Implemented by Congress throughout the years starting in the 40s with wage controls and through uh, manipulation of uh, What is called insurance into health plans and so forth? So imagine there's a system now that you basically rely on and If you want to see a doctor or more importantly if you go to a hospital that has made health care extraordinarily expensive Now imagine that the government has raised the price of that mm-hmm. Well, that's different than box of macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. So here you are you holding these people hostage saying, look, buy this insurance, or face face a penalty, mm-hmm. the IRS penalty, or maybe just don't go without, and maybe maybe you just neglect your health, or maybe you go to the hospital one day and you don't have insurance, and it costs you more money than you can pay, and, it, and you go bankrupt.
0: Yes, because that most definitely can happen. But um, yes, yeah, so after the tax credit for for them, you know, they, the fee is actually a reasonable cost. Right, You know,
1: $5, probably more than it used to be.
0: Yeah, or you maybe know what? not,
1: but maybe they've knocked the price of macaroni back down to two. Either way, mm-hmm. the problem is is the product is expensive. Mm-hmm. Not that it's can be paid for; mm-hmm. it's expensive. Maybe mm-hmm. like if you got a tax credit to go shop for your clothes at Disney World or buy your cl- food at Disney World. Everybody knows if you go to an amusement park, mm-hmm. which we'll cover later, that the prices are inflated. Okay, because they have to pay for Mickey Mouse, you have to play, you know, it's different. You're not just walking into uh, McDonald's and getting a hamburger. You're paying for all this other stuff. So the price is inflated. Exact same thing happens in medicine. And I wrote an article about it on S. Dr. Tommy blogger talking about welcome to the medical world where everything's, uh, prices are fake, or the costs are fake, but the, price, the prices are fake, but the costs are real. Anyway, so this is just a little something tax reform bill but every time you think about taxes and someone says we can't afford it that means the politicians can't afford it because they need that money to pay other people for tax credits so they'll vote for them and then demagogue those who stand against it and say they're greedy actually we're gonna have something right here this is a good thing good segue how much are you willing to pay so this is this is taxes so this is a little thing I made If you look on the screen here and if you're listening online this is called federal government agencies a to z and what this is is a listing of all the federal government agencies uh, for the united states federal government a to z and i got this from the federal government website and as we're talking now this is just going to play these are credits now if you can read super fast you'll be able to read them but it runs for about four minutes and so these are all the different things so why do we have taxes so african development foundation uh what else do we have Uh, rural utility service Antitrust Modernization Commission, Architect of the Capitol, Arctic Research Commission, uh, Bipartisan Commission on Entitlement and Tax Reform, Board of Directors for of the Hope for Homeowners Program. Now, what is that? I don't know. See, here's the thing: you know, Census Bureau. And well, what people are going to say, "Well, you're being, you're being, uh, you're being uh, selective." Census Bureau is called for in the Constitution. Absolutely right. So, I'm not saying that everything that you're seeing on your screen is unnecessary, and I'm not saying everything on your screen, if eliminated, would Put more money in the pockets of everyday citizens. But what I am saying is, there's a hell of a lot of agencies, and this is just the titles of them. Now, each one of these agencies has a director. Each one of these agencies has multiple subdirectors. Each one of these agencies has a budget, and I can tell you, having worked in the government, what is well, how the budgets work in the government. To, oh,
0: I don't know. I don't. What do you well, mean? Well,
1: if, if if at the end of this, at the end of a year, if you're a government program.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yes, because I've worked for the I've worked for um, uh, the county, and I've worked for the government. Yeah. And at the end of the year, well, I'll tell you what our department did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you have um thirty five thousand dollars left in the budget. What do you well, do with it? You're going to blow you it. You save it, right? It's not saved. Because save. you didn't nude
1: it No, you blow it. Year. Well, why re- don't you save it? Because you well, the reason you why and you, I would save it.
0: Well, we would save it and put it into the bank account. But you blow it because when the next year comes along mm-hmm. and you're going to be asking for more federal funds, mm-hmm. they're going to say, well, you didn't spend $35,000, so we're going to lower your budget. Ah. Instead, they're going to say, wow, you spent every drop, every dime. So are you every saying dime,
1: that the Family Assistance Office there Needs to spend all their money or face budget every, cuts.
0: Well, every department here needs to spend everything on their budget or there will be cuts. And, heck, maybe go a little overboard, too, so you can get more money the following year.
1: Uh, I mean, Indian you know. Arts and Crafts Board.
0: What?
1: Uh, <laughs> Inter-American Arts? Foundation. No, I'm Interior not, Department. That's I'm, called for in the Constitution. There's one. We'll keep that one.
0: And, uh, you know, the stuff that they bought just to get rid of, you know, just to spend the money was absurd.
1: I worked for the uh, the government once and I asked for a lock, a lock, one lock and uh, a master lock, which I could buy at Walmart for $3, whatever it costs. Anyway, I came back and on my desk sat a box of locks, about 14 of them. (laughs) And I said, well, I only need one lock. I said, that's all right. We needed to spend the budget. Mm Mm-hmm. Next time you're out there and you're listening to this government talking yeah. about here's well here's what I've said and uh, actually um, I got listed on a, a website called FreedomKeys com and it's website of great government quotes and I think uh, I thank them for doing that but anyway it's my saying is this the greatest threat I'm sorry the 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 unfounded belief in the competence of the federal government. Is the greatest threat to Liberty today in America and I believe that and there's a corollary to that and that's also the belief in the competence of the federal government combined with the incompetence in most cases of the individual to make decisions in their best interest and as you can see outside Prevention Council uh, Panama Canal Commission the Peace Corps so here we go we keep going we're on P's now A to Z and All this is to say is next time you hear the government say, we can't afford tax cuts, say, why the hell not? Mm -hmm. You tell me why the hell not. Mm -hmm. Because I think you can. I think maybe you're wasting our money. And you can see why this is the show the establishment warned you about. Moving along. Uh, We're going to just let this. uh, I'm going to just discontinue because we're only on P's now. We don't have time to play the whole thing. But we're going to move along. And... um, Making a Murderer season two release date, fan theories, and more. For those of you not familiar, and I wasn't familiar with it until Sunday, and now we're already finished with the season. Making mm-hmm. a Murderer is a Netflix original move or show, mm-hmm. and it says good news for true crime addicts. The makers of Netflix show Making a Murderer had confirmed that production has begun on six new episodes. I so can't wait. Tell them about the Mur- Making a
0: Murderer. Making of a Murderer. Um, my cousin had um, originally had posted something on Facebook about the injustice this family endured and um so anyway i started watching it on sunday and basically it's about a man who was charged with um well his first his first thing was he was charged with um attempted rape on a woman he was innocent but spent 18 years in prison and of course dna was able to show that he was innocent and then he was out for possibly a year when he was uh, charged with murder And now he's back in prison again. And then, of course, his nephew was involved as well. Well, His nephew was accused. Um, His nephew, who is, uh, I would say, um, you know, intellectually challenged, yes, intellectually challenged and uh, coerced into admitting that he participated with his uncle. And um, anyway, this show is amazing um, at the corruptness that's going on with the politicians, uh, the judges lawyers and if you district list, attorneys
1: the list goes on and on so if you have netflix check it out of course this is you know one side of the story supposedly
0: well yes it does say it's one so, side, but um but you
1: have to make up your own mind you can avail well, yourself to all the different sorts but it, it makes a compelling case of uh um, of obstruction of just not obstruction of just of just general uh what do you call it um Corruption. Corruption. Corruption.
0: Yes. It reminds me
1: of that show. Uh, it's
0: I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Reminds me of the show who killed sister. Um, I can't remember her last name or, or her name. Sister Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, another Netflix documentary. Yeah.
0: So you know one of our viewers. in, uh, in um, Boston. Chris. Chris Pegg if you, you're listening. You would probably like yeah, this. Yeah Chris
1: if you haven't seen Making a Murderer put that on your list. So Chris is the one that turned us on to a uh, uh, who killed sister Catherine
0: so this is 10 episodes season mm-hmm. one is 10 episodes and they're about an hour long each uh-huh. episode and um, you did not watch the first episode but I feel I filled you in and yep. then we started watching episode 2 yep. and then next thing you know here it is Wednesday and we finished all 10 se- you know all 10 episodes last night because we watched three hours worth but I wanted to see the ending I just couldn't I wanted to see it. I couldn't wait to see what happened.
1: So, if you're interested in reading about it, you're familiar. Making a Murderer Season 2. This is from NME.com as Thomas Smith, and it's uh, his uh, blog post. He says, When will Making a Murderer Season 2 air? Netflix VP of content, Cindy Holland, has revealed that new episodes should arrive in 2017, but that date is not confirmed just yet.
0: 2017,
1: well, heck. So, that's this year. Well, it's uh, It's
0: November, almost the end. So, that means it should be coming out soon.
1: I wanted to go over something here all you doctors listening there's importance of quality measures in your life and uh, there's this new uh, new um, I guess you call it movement among the quality experts to uh, um, improve patient satisfaction and I wrote about it on the Dr. Tommy blog and it's called Roller Coasters Improve Patient Satisfaction and I'm just going to read from the blog post here Uh, it says basically that um, in Aurora, Idaho, the local physicians group is putting its money where its mouth is. Or to be more precise, it's putting a roller coaster in the waiting room of the suburban multi-specialty clinic. At first, I thought the idea was crazy, explains Clark Idlewild, CEO of Aurora Physicians Associates. I mean, who would have thought a $5 million indoor roller coaster would improve patient care? But it honestly has. The Feeling Good train features two loops, a drop-fall, maximum speeds approaching 45 miles an hour. One patient, Timmy, said the roller coaster is definitely an improvement over the old waiting room. I like to ride it before we see the doctor, but last time I had to wait 10 minutes, so that kind of sucked. Mr. Idlewild acknowledges there have been some complaints, but overall it's a well-received addition. A few voice a few voiced concerns about long lines, but mostly really enjoy it. Most really enjoy it. That wasn't the only controversy. One physician took to social media to voice his displeasure, but that was an isolated incident, says Idlewild. Uh, physician wrote. Our hashtag leaders think roller coasters are a good way to boost hashtag satisfaction scores. So damn stupid and waste of money. And that is a redacted doctor and goes, "We have a physician post something unfortunate to his Twitter account, but we don't expect any more problems from the providers." Um, while roller coasters and waiting rooms may seem unusual to some healthcare experts, Schubert McNutt says this is just the beginning. The main reason patients don't like coming to doctors because it's boring. We're changing that. McNutt says that two local hospitals have seen what Aurora has done and are upping the ante. I had a CEO contact me about putting in a petting zoo, a wake pool, and even a bungee jump in this hospital's lobby, McNutt says. This is the beginning of a new era in healthcare, the era of amusement and medicine. As patient satisfaction and quality measures become more important, healthcare companies will need to innovate in order to ensure they stay on the cutting edge. For Clark Idlewild, there's no question We need to prove to our patients that we're committed to their entertainment and medical needs. And that's written by me on the Dr. Tommy blog. So if you're interested in seeing more about how to improve your patient satisfaction scores, or if you're a a hospital executive or um, physician uh, director, go uh, contact. uh, That's Schubert McNutt, CEO of Amusement and Medicine, LLC. What awesome!
0: You, I can't wait. I can't. Are we gonna you get roller, we can coaster? Fit a roller
1: coaster? I don't think we can.
0: Well, how about ping pong?
1: Well, that that won't boost our satisfaction scores enough. Fortunately, we don't have to worry about Actually, satisfaction scores. We
0: don't. You know, what? of our because we're not
1: a, a Macra approved uh, health agency here. We are independent, so mm-hmm. we're concierge medicine, and we don't provide uh, ACA approved Macra uh, certified. Uh, medical care we don't have any codes
0: no thank goodness if you
1: come here and you 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 present as a patient we we ask you what your name is Mm -hmm. uh we don't make you fill out long paperwork about who you have sex with what color you are Mm -hmm. so we're not approved um you know we'll see the same day if you Mm -hmm. have a physical we'll take care of your problem in addition to your physical that's not approved Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that's right we're not macro approved so we don't have to worry about satisfaction scores we're behind the times our satisfaction scores are our patients yes we are telling old us and that's just that's so passe yeah
0: if there's an issue with, we need um, more yelp scores if there's a concern uh, our patients will will speak directly with them one-on-one yeah that's
1: that's just that's not you know I would like to get
0: so um, an arcade would not that be fun to have Pac-Man or Donkey Kong
1: or golden tea
0: or golden tea yeah. um, golf right yes but uh, yeah we should do that
1: Uh, I wanted to say something a little bit too about you know speaking about macro scores and all that healthcare triangulation so if you go see your doctor if you're a patient out there you go see a doctor you may wait two hours and then you see the doctor for five minutes and then you get some service you're happy or you're not happy and you leave when you leave that office who are you unhappy with
0: well I not you the patient any just well, you well, know, your
1: Joe patient out there or Jan patient mm-hmm. what do they think is the reason for that
0: well most of the time they blame the doctor right they'll take so, the Facebook yes and they'll
1: say doctor so-and-so's office sucks
0: yeah now I've seen some uh, people post on so social long. media and you know sometimes they do blame the front office staff mm-hmm. um, anyway they're blaming the staff basically, is right. what it comes down to it whether it be the doctor or the nurse or the the front end peep the frontline people um, so yeah
1: so if you're it's healthcare triangulation so here you are in this system. So if you're a, if you're a doctor out there, you're listening. You know why that is. Mm-hmm. You guys that are listening, PAs, nurse practitioners, nurses, uh, techs, everybody, y'all, you guys know why that is. And that's because there's all this background work that the patient's not privy mm-hmm. to that you're having to do just to justify to the government you're doing a good job. Right. So they come in for sore throat. You're asking them if they have well water. Uh, they're coming in for uh, a sprained ankle. You're asking them who they have sex with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're checking in for uh, who knows what. They don't even know yet. You're asking them if they're married. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff, and you're saying, what the hell is that about? Well, that's called healthcare triangulation. That's where you as a patient are are thinking that the reason for your uh, dissatisfaction is with the doctor, when actually, <clears throat> it may not be the doctor's fault and in, in, in many circumstances, it is not the doctor's fault
0: right i um you know i was at a, uh worked for usf health for many years and uh so so far back i remember we had paper charts you know we had you know regular charts we didn't do much on the computer mm-hmm. we did telephone messages on the computer but anyway we needed a chart we just pulled a chart so i was there when we um transitioned over to uh, electronic medical records and uh, the difference in the time. So you know, you pull a chart, you put a piece of paper in, you jot down their vital signs, and the patient is seen. You know, everything moved quicker. So when when we switched, uh, transitioned over to electronic medical record, all of a sudden it changed for the worse. Because here we are in the and we're having to do everything on the computer. You know, reconciling uh, reconciling all the medications, and then asking all these meaningless questions like you say. And next thing you know, we are spending ten minutes just the nurse alone. Ten minutes with the, on the computer well
1: who's the, whose idea was that
0: well we know whose idea that was
1: so USF just decided we're gonna implement medical records and
0: well it all comes down to insurance and government you know oh,
1: okay so it wasn't their idea necessarily no
0: I mean they thought it was a great idea I'm sure because we've you know you need meeting there's meaningful use mm-hmm. and if you click the right buttons you get, you get bonuses. bonuses right so, so who I mean but in the end the person that um, it helps the least it doesn't help the patient at all because their visit now has turned well, into to, a, a, you know an hour long about, an hour and a half what
1: about quality scores though what about quality scores how do we know if a patient comes in how do we know they got quality how does the government know that they got quality service here
0: well they don't the well, government that a doesn't problem? Yeah, the Shouldn't the government mean,
1: know everything about what goes on in people your think, life? <laughs>
0: I know that people think they should, or the government thinks they should, but okay, you well, know, it doesn't happen here. We don't, it. we don't need to involve okay, them. Okay, let's
1: say it's not the government. The government is just reporting. Let's say a patient comes in here. Mm-hmm. How is a patient supposed to know that we provide quality care? They just well, have to take our word for it.
0: Yes, they're going to take our word for it. You know, and the thing but we what do. what if we
1: had a quality score from the government? Wouldn't that be better for them? Wouldn't that be no. more accurate? No. So
0: Our patients come here because of that reason, because we don't deal with the uh, government. I mean, so we're different than most practices.
1: What about the patients out there who want that?
0: Then they can go to that. Then
1: they can go to that. Absolutely. Right. If they're market. perfectly
0: fine with spending, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes of their time, not even you know just the the nurse comes in you just got the computer in her hand she's asking them all this all these meaningless questions and then the doctor comes in and you know they're on the computer also who was just telling me someone was just telling me that the other day that oh a patient of ours was saying when she went to dermatology yeah (laughs) the doctor was you know he came in and sat down at the desk and he was looking at his his laptop you know that he was carrying from room to room and he was speaking to her but not even looking at her he was looking at his laptop facing the wall Mm -hmm. and she was like hoo." I'm Mm -hmm. over here.
1: Yeah. If you're interested in learning more about uh, how to become a patient or a physician in a concierge medicine or direct primary care practice, go to askdoctortommy.com. And we have a patients and physicians tab. Patients tab is for those looking to find a doctor around them or learn more about what we do or find a doctor around them that does what we do. Or if you're a physician and you're trying to escape uh, from where you're at and you're interested in doing membership medicine, then click on patients. We have a variety of resources there. And we will offer you uh, concierge consultant services as well in addition to the resources there. And uh, that means basically we'll help you start your own practice, which is very liberating, but also at the same time, very intimidating. And we're there to help you if you need that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the song of the week today is from, excuse me. Rolling Stones, and this is from the... I knew about the song because of the Sopranos episode that it had on. It's called Through and Through, featuring vocals by Keith Richards, the erstwhile uh, rhythm guitarist of Rolling Stones. And Richards normally has one to two uh, lead vocal tracks per album. And this is Through and Through from Voodoo Lounge. And thank you for joining us. Listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those other places, subscribe and subscribe on uh, YouTube. And uh, a couple weeks from now, we'll be having uh, Dr. Wacchese from Healthcare Economics on. He has his own podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Tampa Direct at TampaDirectCare.com. That's a fun place to follow us uh, and see what we're doing. And until next time, bye-bye.
0: Oh, my God.